Hi everyone, Amanda here, and this is Planned, Prepped, and Productive, the podcast where I'm helping you beautiful people end the cycle of mealtime overwhelm and instead find joy in simple family mealtimes and stress-free evenings. This is episode 13, Why Creating New Habits is Better Than Setting Goals This New Year. With the new year coming up, I naturally wanted to dive into Goal Setting 101. My original title for this episode was something along the lines of how to actually succeed at your New Year's mealtime resolutions or something to that effect. As I thought about my own life and did a little research, I realized that goals aren't really what I want to talk about at all. Maybe a topic for a later episode because I do love me some goals, but today I want to talk about something that I find even more important, habits. For today's episode, I want to dive into the science of habits, some common myths, and a little bit about how they affect our behavior. After that, I'll jump into why I personally believe, and it seems like science backs me up, that developing good habits is a more powerful tool for behavior change than goal setting, though I think they can and should coexist. So let's jump right into some common habit-forming myths. You've probably heard that it takes 21 days to form a habit. In researching this for this episode of the podcast, I discovered that this so commonly perpetuated idea is completely and 100% false. And can I be the first person to say hallelujah because I cannot even begin to tell you how many times I have completed a task for 21 days, heck, sometimes even months or years, and then stopped doing it? I've also done things like quit sugar for a month only to be right back on the needing a nightly sugar fix a few months later. The myth that it takes 21 days to create a habit comes from a plastic surgeon named Dr. Maxwell Maltz, who did research on self-image. He reported in his book, Psycho-Cybernetics, that it would take his clients about 21 days to get used to seeing their new face after completing plastic surgery. He also looked at behavior change in his own life and noticed that it took a minimum of 21 days to form a habit. So let's talk about this for a minute. Number one, the guy said minimum. 21 days is no magic number to success. And in fact, it should take you at least 21 days to make lasting changes in your life. Number two, there was zip zero actual science performed in this case. This is the case of some well-respected guy sharing his own experience. Now I'm not saying learning from the experiences of others is a bad thing, Heck, I'm trying to share my experiences to help others with this very podcast and other resources that I work to create. But because of something that this author said that was not founded in science and is usually misquoted anyway, we all now think that we are failures when we make a change for 21 days and then fall off the bandwagon. But the truth is that it's so much more complicated and nuanced than that. And if we took our failures as an opportunity to learn, to troubleshoot, and get back on that bandwagon we would likely see so much more success. So let's dive into some actual research, shall we? I will go ahead and post sources for the show notes of everything we're talking about. If you want to dig into the more sciencey terms, feel free. The European Journal of Social Psychology reports on a study on 39 individuals about behavior change. They found the actual length of time it took to change different habits. The article looked specifically at eating, drinking, or exercise habits took anywhere from 18 to 254 days with a median of 66 days. That is a huge range, you guys. Huge. What might take one person two and a half weeks to achieve might take you the better part of a year. And that is okay. Let's also talk about the limitations of this study. This study only looked at 39 people. So the range is likely even larger. This study also only looked at individuals working on specific habits, eating, drinking, and exercise 
What if you wanted to start a habit of waking up early? Or undo a bad habit like biting your fingernails? How long will that take? The answer is there is no right answer, and there are so many factors at play here. What are your current habits like? How good are you at creating new habits? Are you trying to create new habits often? How ingrained is the bad habit that you are trying to undo? What is the rest of your life looking like right now? Are you getting enough sleep? Are you in a good place emotionally? The point is that there are so many factors here for habit change, and if we want to make lasting changes, I think we all need to stop putting a timeline on our change and work instead on our daily behaviors. So what if you didn't exercise yesterday or the day before? You can exercise today. So what if after 45 days of doing it, you missed a day? Are you a failure now? Is it not a habit? No, you are human. Troubleshoot what went wrong and start again tomorrow. Now that I've put that silly 21-day myth to rest, we are ready to dive into part two, which is the importance of habits and how they affect behavior. I could find a bunch of different statistics about how much habits affect our behavior, but because I don't feel like I have a way to really check their validity, I will instead say that habits make up a huge percentage of our daily behavior. If I am looking at my own personal life, not science here, remember, I would guess that at least 50% of what I do every day is done out of habit. I wake up, I read, I get dressed, I eat breakfast, I shower, I brush my teeth. All of these actions are not decisions that I have to make every day, but behaviors that have been ingrained in me, most of them for years or even my entire life. So if my behavior is at least 50% my habits, remember I made that number up to help me illustrate this point, then it makes sense to change my behavior. The most effective place to start is my habits. To me, changing habits looks really similar to making goals, and there's a gazillion books, articles, etc. all over the internet about how to change your habits, and we might get into that more in a later episode. But right now I want to illustrate how changing habits differs from a more traditional goal and why I think it's more motivating and effective. So let's take a common framework for setting a goal that a lot of people have. Since I'm targeting all of you busy mamas out there, and I know a bunch of you, myself included, have the goal to lose the baby weight. Um, we'll talk about that as an example. So I even made a goal at the beginning of this summer to lose 15 pounds by the end of summer, which would put me right about my pre-pregnancy weight with my first child. About two incredibly frustrating months after I set this goal, and failed, if you must know, I adjusted to some habit changes instead, and I've been much more happy and motivated by my success. So for the sake of this writing, let's say I had made a SMART goal to lose 15 pounds. A lot of people have heard of this model, and if you studied something health or business related in school, I'd be shocked if you haven't heard of it. But the idea is this. SMART is an acronym, and it means that in order for a goal to be successful, it should be specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and timely. So let's take my goal of losing 15 pounds and make it a SMART goal. So is this goal specific? Yes, the goal is simple and clear to me and to anyone else. Is it measurable? Yep, it's a certain number of pounds that will indicate success. Is it attainable? So as a dietitian, I know that it's reasonable and healthy to expect to lose about one pound per week when making a behavior change. So a goal to lose 15 pounds over the course of a summer is a fairly reasonable goal. Is the goal realistic? All right, this one's a little tricky. I maybe should have given myself a little bit of a longer timeline to account for slip-ups and plateaus, etc. but it's not an entirely unrealistic goal. Is it timely? Yes, there's a deadline, the end of summer, for when I will complete the goal. 
First off, I want to say that I can see why the SMART model is so popular. It's a good way to take a general idea of something that you maybe kind of sort of want to do and make it happen. I think there are instances where SMART goals are super effective. Let's talk about how it worked out for me in this particular scenario. So as soon as I made my weight loss goal, I cut my sugar consumption way down, like eating it one to two times a week down. I maintained this for four to six weeks with only a few special occasion days where I ate a moderate amount of sugar. I also increased the amount of whole foods I was eating and decreased carbs. One week I got on the scale and I was down two pounds, but the next I was up three, then maybe down another one only to be up again the next week. What I was doing wasn't working. And so instead of troubleshooting and trying to figure out what the issues with my healthier eating plan were, I was frustrated, downhearted, and pretty much gave up on my goal six weeks in because I hadn't lost a single pound, which then made my SMART goal impossible to achieve because now I only had nine weeks to lose 15 pounds. So that realistic was becoming less and less realistic as time went on. Please raise your hand and tell me you've been where I have been. This is why the goal-getter culture we live in is not necessarily always the best way to approach making a change. So let's talk about what I did do when I gave up on my SMART goal. Side note, it's what you do after a supposed failure that matters way more than the failure and will likely lead to further success down the road. I knew I still wanted to make a change, but what I was doing wasn't working. So I made a new goal or attempt at a habit change. The change to drink water anytime I felt like eating a snack. So I'm all about intuitive eating and feeding your body when it's hungry. So if you want a snack, absolutely eat it. But my goal here was to just delay that snack by 20 minutes. This isn't a smart goal because I didn't want it to be timely. This is a change that I want to make permanent for the rest of my life. And here's why I think that this change is a good habit change. First, I know that thirst and dehydration is super common and that often mild thirst can actually feel like hunger. Number two, it's not restrictive. I'm not telling myself I can't listen to my body and have a snack. I'm simply delaying my snack slightly to see if I'm really hungry. Honestly, 90% of the time I feel content after my drink of water and can eat again at the next meal or scheduled snack time. Number three, it's attainable, not just in the short term, but over my whole life. The idea of drinking water when I want a snack for the rest of my life is not really overwhelming to me. It will take some work and thought at first, but there's nothing difficult or overly miserable about it. Now, this approach is definitely going to be based on the long game. I'm probably not going to lose 15 pounds in three months with this approach. I might not lose 15 pounds in a year or ever with this approach alone, but let's talk about how I feel after just a few weeks of this habit change. I will likely be much more successful if the only measure I have for my success is whether or not I drink water when I was hungry. I will still slip up some days and eat a snack emotionally or in a social situation that I don't really need or something of that kind. But with this approach, I will no longer feel like I have failed at the overarching goal and that there's no more chances for success. Instead, I can think this is the long game and I can do better tomorrow. Success is motivating because this habit change is really not so difficult. After you've nailed it and really made it a habit, you might desire further change. You might think, okay, so I've got this drinking water thing down. Maybe I could stop drinking sugary drinks at dinner and only drink water. Again, this is not overly restrictive. If you're a big time soda drinker, you haven't cut it out entirely. You're just committing to water only at dinner. Eventually, you might start to see some weight loss with these small habit changes, But at this point, if you do, it's a positive side effect of the habit changes, not the measure of success or failure. I chose to talk about weight loss because so many of us have experiences with it, but this can work in any aspect of our life. 
I stopped making goals like I'm going to post a blog post once a week, post to Instagram five times a week, double my Facebook following by the end of the year because I kept failing and it was demotivating. Instead, I made a goal that I was going to commit five hours a week of time to building my business. I'm a busy mom, remember, and sometimes that is all I can do. This goal doesn't have a timeline. For as long as I am working on my business, I will devote five hours a week to it. Suddenly, my measure of success is not how many Instagram followers I have, and it's setting me up for... All I have to do is give five hours. It's easy to achieve, and it's setting me up for long-term success. I hope that this episode has given you some food for thought as you think about your last year and what you want for the new year. I encourage you to think of one habit that you can work on changing... Something super easy, but something that could have lasting benefits if you're able to truly incorporate it into your life long term. I'd love to hear what kind of habits you are working on creating or your success stories. Find the conversation on Instagram or in my Facebook group, which there's a link to join that in the show notes and join in. I love creating community and sharing can help lead to your long term success. Next week, we're talking about cooking from scratch. We live in a unique world where so much is done for us and where we are very separated from the food that we eat and where it comes from. With so many options for fast and convenience foods out there, uh, it can be hard to remember why we even want to cook from scratch. So I'm excited to dig into my personal reasons and why I think you should introduce more from scratch cooking into your life. I wish you the happiest of New Year's and as always, happy planning and happy cooking. 